And welcome to Extreme Tasting League, the Scotch Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Perrin. And I am Cedius. We are Sam's Dave. Again. I don't know why we even call him a co-host anymore. <laughs> Seriously. That other guy who drinks scotch around us. The, the portable beard. <laughs> and we have a guest. Hey, guest. Guest? That implies I don't actually know what's happening here. And since that's correct... <laughs> Sam. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'll start pouring. Yay, start pouring. So, uh, traditionally, when the pour is happening, the guest says a little bit about who they are. So, let's keep that tradition going. Sam, who are you? Hey, in the name of tradition. Uh, I'm Sam. I am a friend of CDs. is a local uh, business owner for a place called Companion in Shadow, offering uh, tarot and transition services. One of the local geeks, former LORPer, all that good jazz. Uh, but mostly these days, it's uh, tarot and helping people get unstuck. Cool. So I did hear correctly, tarot and transition, transition services. services. Okay. Yeah. Uh, certified clergy, and I do a lot of uh, helping folks get from point A to point B. And everybody, when you think about it, is stuck somewhere. Ultimately, my job, whether it's through tarot, through spiritual counseling, uh, often through bureaucracy, trying to help cut the red tape, specifically cutting the red tape of death. And on that that's, note... That's certainly great. On, on, on that note, I should point out that the shirt she happens to be wearing right now says, death is only the end if you assume the story is about you. So, I mean, she... She's even advertising what she does on her shirt right now. I will I will share my Larry Niven getting from point A to point B story at some point. Excellent. Given that you have given that lovely point A to point B reference. Um, quick, plot against him. He'll never know. Oh, wait. I think he found out. Damn it. Do continue. Oh, hey, what did you just not have to get up and make a loud noise and, and pause on the tape to get? Damn it, Perrin. You just saved me some editing. Dave would hate you right now. I know, but that's usual. Well, with the setup with everything, usually we've got you know some cheese and crackers. With cheese and crackers? Cheese and crackers. Um, and as is typical, we've got some aged Havarti and, and an aged cheddar. And a cat. And a cat who's trying to get all over the things. But the thing that I often forget most is the nose reset. Provided to us by those lovely folks at True Stone Coffee, Fresh Roast Cool Beans. Uh, you can get a 10% discount on everything you order, their merch, their coffee, all the good stuff, mm. with the promo code SCOTCH. So you should definitely go to their website, check out some stuff. It's they lovely, lovely beans. Order with Scotch. Mm, coffee. Speaking of Scotch. Uh, we have some. We have some, and we will be tasting it momentarily. The uh, first taste we are doing today is a... Bending violation of tradition, yeah, a little bit, little bit, yep. a, a gut stab of tradition. Um, it it's sad that Dave's not here because he would probably strangle himself with his beard. Yeah, and I take pictures and sell them and make good money. But um, it is Johnny Walker, the wine cast blend. So. This this may actually be the first intentional blend we've had on the show. I think we've had an unintentional blend once. 
Uh, and I know we did in the Scotch Club that Dave and I were in beforehand. But there, there's also one thing that people need to understand. Screw top. Screw top. Yeah. Not the first single malt we've had. Or, well, okay, this isn't even single malt. It's not the first uh, malt whiskey we've had that has had a screw top, but uh, it is Johnny Walker, so screw top. Yeah. But I was enjoying the nose as you were pouring it. Mm-hmm. Had a had a very strong... Oh, that's no, that is nice. Note. Yeah. See, and I come at this mostly from wine tasting, so this actually is a good transition uh-huh. and, and quite comforting. The, the nose on it puts me back a little in my wheelhouse as opposed yeah. to anything we'll be tasting later. Um, uh, not kumquats. Um, kiwi. If you say so. To me, it smells like an ice wine. That could quite... That's more where, where I said as opposed to almost less kiwi, more... I see where you're going, though. That sort of tropical note. Maybe cantaloupe. It's a very sweet Which is note. similar in initial sound to kiwi. To kiwi. Yeah. Sitting next to each other in your brain, but not yeah. your scotch. Well, that's also why kumquat came out first. <laughs> it, it in no way smells like kumquat, because I wouldn't be able to tell you what a kumquat smelled like if it landed on my face. Um, a little vanilla? Yeah. Um, There's also this delightful smoke at the bottom, though. Mm-hmm. I have to reach for it, but when, when, once I do, yeah. Mostly I was going to just the, the really... Not quite sickly sweet, but it's it's really sweet yeah. in the nose. Yes. Oh, so oh please don't be horribly... Too. Yeah, please don't horribly disappoint. Mm. I mean, it is a blend, so if it does, we can just say, well, it's a blend. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> what did you expect? Better. I expected better. <laughs> okay. Not... There is sweetness in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, well, usually we've had some real... Dis- like the the most amazing nose. You're like, oh, it's sweet and, and, and all these wonderful things. And then you drink it and you're like, oh, they, they used them all up. There was nothing in the... It's all in the aroma and yeah. in the body. Yeah. Um, it's a little more tannic than I anticipated. That might be the wine. And that's the wine. And that's actually what I'm enjoying about it at the moment, knowing that that's... Pulling some of the notes, you can actually tell this was sitting in a rub. This is very definitely sitting in a rub with that tannic flavor. The first thing I heard you say was sitting in a rug. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I shall fetch a rug. Um, the, the, the Cedius spits up. You're, you're, you're not pleased. No, I can I'm, tell. No, I, I am enjoying it. It's, I'm trying to, like, break it down. I'm getting, like, it's a sweet bourbon-y taste to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I'm digging for more, but that's, that's kind of what I'm getting. Uh, there, there's a bit more citrus in the body than... than um, there was in the nose. Yes, and it's got... I wouldn't expect from a nose this... Frankly, this sweet-smelling mm-hmm. to have it have as open of a mouthfeel as it does. As far as the experience of it. You would expect it to... Especially that sweet, for that sweet to hit and then for it to be a very closed note in the, in the body of it, and it's not. 
I am I am pleasantly surprised by the complexity of this. The reason, uh, and I I'm I'm a single malt snob. Um, I'm also a wine snob. I don't really know much about wine, but I got the snob thing down, so I figure I'm halfway there. Well, you've got cheese, you've got crackers, you've got wine snob. Now all you need is some wine and. Uh, ooh, ooh! I'm going to say something pretentious. Oh, good. Yes. I'll come up. I'll, I'll let you know what it is later. I, 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 I've got wine in the back. But. Um, no, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. I expected a blended to be more. Be, because one of the whole things about blendeds, especially like a Johnny Walker, is I'm going to make umpteen million gallons of it, and it will all taste exactly the same. And that tends, I think, to force a somewhat a certain blandness, because it's really hard to make millions of gallons of uniquely complex drink. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Now, this one is also not... Johnny Walker Black. Right. This is the Johnny Walker Blender's Batch Wine Cask Blend Blended Scotch Whiskey. Well, how do you do? Is that your something pretentious for the hour? No, I... How oh, do no, you, you're going to come up with something original. Yeah, how, how do you do would hardly be Well, it was pretentious, pretentious right up until that in the delivery. Um, well, I will have a pretentious reading at some yeah. shortly. Um... So, so I did a, a little bit of a palate reset and going back in. So in addition to the, the, the bourbon-y notes, um, on top of that, I was getting, um, like, sweet melon. So, so like, like the cantaloupe or stash, uh, more Actually, it was a little bit more honeydew than, than cantaloupe to me, but mm-hmm. um, it was very light. Um, no, I, I, I agree with... Melon flavor. I agree with the honeydew. The cantaloupe came out because of my sudden obsession with yeah. fruits. Yeah, no. If I want cantaloupe, I'll go. I'll go drink the brine. Um, that that's that's some good stuff. Um, very short finish, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. It is a forty percent, so I'm going to be very limited. Very on, light in the water. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to do a couple of drops myself. But I also have had a fair amount of that first pour because trying to break it down. Um. I definitely suspect, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if I suspect correctly, that this is not designed to be complex underwater. So the melon is coming out a little bit more in the nose for me. A little, I can get a little more of the burn with the alcohol coming out. This is, by the way, a 40%. Yeah. And for me, the melon has now changed dramatically. I wasn't getting a lot of it in the initial nose, and just that yeah. little bit of water, and it's right in the face. Yep, I've lost I've lost the bourboniness to it. Mm-hmm. The vanilla is still there, but it's it's mostly yeah, it's mostly gone to melon. It's like I'm snorting Midori, mm. <laughs> which I don't recommend. No, I'm don't just saying no. it will clear your sinuses. In a way you don't enjoy. At that point, I might as well have some sriracha and at least enjoy the experience. <laughs> um, now, that would be an interesting... There's one of my favorite mixed, sort of semi-mixed drinks, and it's a cinnamon schnapps with three... A shot of cinnamon schnapps with three drops of Tabasco. Have fun with that. And I, I'm wondering now if you did it with two drops of sriracha, 
how that would alter it. It's a it's a winter drink. It's a winter gloosh. I'm suddenly. See, I, I think I, I think I would rather do uh, a sake sriracha than a cinnamon schnapps sriracha. I sake sriracha is actually quite nice. Yeah. As long as you do a very very heavy sake. Mm. Oh, the melon is the melon is strong with this one. Yeah. The 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 mouth now is like. A, a finish of lemon, but the body is definitely a, a honeydew. Uh, yeah, that honeydew, that melon, and it did it very much. There's much more citric in the back in that finish now. There is a bit of a burn. Yeah, wet, not bad, but just it's generally smooth. Top you of the can, finish still stays fairly melony to me, but. There's yeah, the citrus comes through in the finish. I tried doing uh, one where you inhale over the mm-hmm. the alcohol, and it definitely is like yeah, I'm I now have alcohol. Not bad. I mean, it's not like I. I mean, I've had various Johnny Walkers, and they're not horrible or anything. I, I well, I'd stay away from red. Mm-hmm. But I also don't recommend drinking turpentine. So hey. Yeah, no, uh, I, I will admit the impetus for buying this bottle was that the cellars in Roseville is closing. Um, oh. Or, well, by the time this goes live, it will be closed. Um, and they... Do they still have... They were doing a very lovely sale where if you bought three bottles or more of anything, everything that you bought was 30% off, unless it was wine, where you get an extra 10% off. Mm -hmm. So I bought a dozen bottles of things, that being one of them. They did not have an extensive scotch selection left. Uh, The only things that they had that we have not had on the show were an American single malt, which I did pick up, but we kind of did those last month, so Mm -hmm. I didn't break that up now. Uh, That, because that was just unusual, I'd never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was one bottle of Lafroig Select left, which I definitely had to buy. Asshole. Uh, I mean, he'd be gone by now, but well, still. Well, uh, when Eric Knight sent me a video of what was there, when he was there, there was also a bottle of Lore left, uh, which was not there by the time I got there. Mm. Uh, and so I'm guessing there'd be no point in me going there. Uh, the, 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 there was some 10 still there, but yeah, there's... there's this was, this was a week and a half ago, so I imagine oh. there's not a lot left, assuming the store is even open tomorrow. Like I said... As of this release date, it's closed. It, oh. it, 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 will, it closes the... Sigh. Yeah. Um, but if there's anything left, I imagine that the discounts are even deeper. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe going to make a run tomorrow, which, you know, is time traveling for when this episode goes live. Yeah. So, <laughs> wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> Drinky winky. Yes. Well... I often time travel when I drink. <laughs> or at least that's what I'm led to believe. Prove me wrong. I mean, if you want to call a blackout time traveling, I mean, it's... The only thing I remember is when I started drinking, so it's like I never left, and yet time has has elapsed. Um, should I read? Sure, read. <clears throat> An experimental blend of grain and select malt whiskeys, including some matured in wine casks. Light and vibrant, with notes of orchard fruit and red berries. Enjoy on the rocks, 
or in a Johnny Ginger cocktail. Really? Please drink responsibly. Introducing Wine Cask Blend, our next blender's batch. Experiment from Johnny Walker. Blender's Notes. An experimental blend... Oh, it's just the same damn thing. Orchard fruit. I don't know what red berries they meant. No, we, we, we went completely... No, I can't. I did not get... I did, actually. I took a moment, because it's a wine cast blend, and because I'm coming from wine tasting, I actually stopped and aerated the wine to see if I could get more of that note to go like okay. I would with a good red. It does show up, but it takes a lot of extra work. Well... And the price. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, that was on sale prior to the discount. So I got that for 30% off what it says on the bottle. So Sweet. Yeah, it, it was worth it for that. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect you'd probably pay you know, $30 for this if you were to find it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know on the low end of stuff for what we do, but it's also a blend, so it should be. Yeah, um, although a very pleasant blend. Yeah, I will. I I could see having this on a nice, uh, nice summer day at a picnic or something like that. It would go well. It's a, a light fruity. Mm-hmm. It's almost got that goes well with fireworks sort of taste to it. Yeah, I could see that. You, I couldn't. This is not a. I'm going to to drink it when it's um, cold and stormy outside. This is this is not a drink by the fire unless it's a bonfire on the beach. In which case, I totally would drink this. I, I'm going to say it's a dessert scotch and should be paired with cheesecake. Mm. Which we just passed National Cheesecake Day. Ah, I know. Hmm. I am sad. Um, I failed to celebrate properly. I will need to make up for this later. Happy belated yeah. National Cheesecake Day! Yay! <laughs> you could do two times Pie Day. Yes. Which would be 6.28. Yeah. And then you could have two that you ate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except we're also past that. I know. Three times by day. <laughs> so, so if I round up, that makes it somewhere in October. I can make this happen. Yeah, September, <laughs> what, 30, no, I'm sorry, 40 seconds-ish? <laughs> that's, that's mid-October. You're good. Yeah. Um, it's October 11. Yeah, I can I can make this go. You know, I enjoyed this. Purple Pie National coming out day. Yeah. <laughs> Factor of pie. <laughs> um, I am going to get. Oh, uh, scoring system. Oh yeah, we should probably talk about it? that. Right. So so on this show, if, if if this is the first time you're listening, and if you are, welcome. Uh, our shenanigans. This is kind of tame for us. So you know, listen to older episodes if you want silliness. Um. But uh, we score on a five-point scale where three is average. Um, An average can be, this is a solid thing, it just doesn't speak to me, or it can be a meh. Uh, Five is the best shit you've had in your mouth, and one is a war crime. Uh, Decimals are allowed. And, uh, yeah, this this was pleasant. Um, It was unpretentious. uh, I don't know. It's... it's Johnny Walker trying something weird by putting their stuff in wine cast, which worked out. I mean, it was it was it was all right, and certainly better than red. But then again, low bar. I can trip over that shit. Uh, 
Like I said, I, I enjoyed it, but it, it's not super exciting. I'll give it a 3-3. Three, three. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that whole thing. It was pleasant, enjoyable, not memorable, precisely. I, I, I think I'd go with a 3-2-5. I'm not going to do much better. It's solid for what it is, but what it is is experimental. Sometimes that succeeds, sometimes it fails. You're right, it's not Johnny Walker Red, but it's not Johnny Walker Black. <laughs> and that's all right. I, I'm a wine enthusiast, so I'm going to go closer to 3-5. Fair enough. So, um, I, I, will, I will briefly tell, because we really want to hear the guests talk in the, and hear interesting things from you. Of course. But um, I just couldn't help but share. I saw... Uh, Larry Niven in San Diego at the San Diego Comic-Con years ago. This is before we had him as a guest at Convergence. And it was a panel of writers talking about writing advice and their careers as writers. I mean, it had Emma Bull and and Larry and and a whole slew of people. I was like, this is awesome. And somebody in the audience stood up during the Q&A and said, I can write good scenes where my characters do interesting things, but I have trouble getting my characters from A to be, what what should I do? And all the writers, and it was it was like a eight or eight or more writers. So it was a long table, and they all kind of looking back and forth. And finally, Larry Niven leans forward, pulls the mic over, and says, "Learn to write better." <laughs> <laughs> and the whole, both the audience and the other writers sort of went. <gasps> and Larry's like, "No, they're they're." I'm not saying you're a bad writer. I mean, it just there is no magic solution. It's just if you can write good scenes and you have trouble getting them from A to B, keep trying to get from A to B, keep writing it, learn to write better, and you will be able to write them from A to B. There is no magic solution. Oh, if only I had told them, you know, the secret code, they would write from A to B perfectly. Yes, all of it needs to be in Times New Roman font, otherwise they never actually get from scene to scene. Right. Yeah. But but I will just never forget the gasp of sort of, oh my god, someone said it. <laughs> and that was Larry. It, hilariously, it's actually a, a really solid segue to what I do. Because <laughs> the, vast, the vast majority of how do I get from point A to point B really is go actually live. More than anything else, it's there. There is no magic bullet, and the cards themselves. As as a professional tarot reader, there there's no magic bullet. There is nothing in these seventy eight pieces of paper with nice pictures on them that I'm going to be able to interpret for you. That isn't go do your work, whatever that happens to be. A lot of that certainly gets repolished and and refinished into something akin to. And here's some good ideas on how to do that based on what I'm interpreting and what I've learned. And I've been at this for 20 years professionally now. I, I know what I'm doing in terms of how to use those symbols to guide you to do your own work. But there's no magic bullet there either. You actually have to write the scene from A to B. And if you're trying to get to B... I'll say the same thing I said to... I was actually out uh, with Run in the Glen uh, Festival in... Uh, down in Wisconsin over the weekend, and the theme for weekend, as does happen at bigger festival-style events, you kind of 
you end up with folks who show up with the same question or you end up with the same cards, you end up with the same advice. And pretty much every time it was, well, nothing I'm going to say is actually going to sway you because you're too convinced you're right. And if you want to be right, then you're stuck where you are. (laughs) If you'd like to be somewhere else, you have to be willing to be wrong. (laughs) How's that go over? Surprisingly well in the business that I'm in. Okay. Because most folks... Think about it this way. Most folks aren't going to come approach a tarot reader if everything is going swimmingly. You're certainly not going to approach someone who is dressed almost entirely in black or wearing a shirt advertising that the story is not actually about you and therefore your death is just a note in the story so much as something is off, something is wrong. Otherwise, you really don't ever approach the man in black, so to speak. You really don't. And while I get my share of skeptics, a lot of folks are looking for, for another perspective, for something they don't have. That extra note that's in, that's in the body of the scotch that they're not willing to drink. Well, that won't ever be our problem. Nope. We, we drank Penderin for science. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you weren't I, a con. You weren't a con for this. So the, the Penderin Madeira finish that is out right now mm-hmm. is good. We liked it. How so? So we're not how sure. How drunk we can... and fucked up were you by the time you got to the Pendrin? Uh this was Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm not saying I wouldn't try it but and we, see how it was. But we may. But I am. But we did start the Sunday session with the Pendrin. Um and and everyone in the room was was surprised, or at least anyone who'd had who, the old who, or heard. We're we're, or we're, heard. we're we're fairly certain that it's not the same thing that we had before. I would expect not. It, it has to. It can't possibly there, be the same thing. Long story short, mm-hmm. well, bad. Pendrin Welsh single malt mm-hmm. shoe yeah. shoe rubbing. Yeah, I was gonna say not uh, not anything I have heard anything good about. You poured down the drain by almost everyone who had it. Oh, good lord! This, this is I know a way to make him talk. Dar- Darren threw it out. Darren Waylon. Throw it out. Throw it out. That's note to self. How do you spell that so I never try it? <laughs> there aren't that many Welsh scotches. So you're you're pretty safe. Um so one question and I I will caveat it with I know pretty much jack all about um tarot cards. Sure. Is there a particular design on, uh, that you you like or use or that you think is cool? <laughs> the short answer is yes. The longer answer is I don't want to make serious edit all of it. So, <laughs> uh, there is in fact a particular deck. It's not even all, of, all that well known, uh, but it is a deck called the Voyager Tarot. Which, if you do want to edit this, I have it in my car. But. And, and f- feel free, we're, we're, we've got the time cool. if the episode goes the way I expect. Cool. Uh, it's actually a lovely deck. They're oversized cards, so they look a little intimidating, but it's internationally collaged work. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't, I'm just, no, now, when you said that, I'm now picturing you pulling a card out and like, whap, 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 on the other on the, on the person's head. Those are intimidating. I have, in fact, done that exactly twice. Both times with this deck. Well, it seems reasonable. But 
As opposed to a traditional tarot card is uh, two and a half by about four and a half. The Voyager cards are closer to four by six. They're large cards, and so even with folks who are familiar with tarot or familiar with cards who are expecting something that is poker or bridge size, mm-hmm. in order to have enough imagery and space for that imagery in the card, and some unreasonable borders, and James Wanless, the man who created the deck, and I have argued about this over the last 20 years, and that's fine. Uh, he leaves them as a larger frame to contain all of the different ideas that sit in, that, in this card. Uh, okay. It bothers me, but it's my workhorse deck, so I don't take the borders off. <laughs> uh, because I'm not of the opinion that all tarot cards should be altered to fit. I actually write a column on uh, personalizing the tarot in the Boho Tarot Journal that is about the win and how to interact with all of that. And this is one of the few decks I go to that I don't. Because I will work it until the cards physically fray, and then I will trim them down until they fray, until I'm out of border, really. It's my personal favorite, simply because there's so much going on in there, that I've, this is a deck I've studied my entire professional career, will continue to study, and still, notes in combination will show up. You'll see different things in different moments. In ways that you won't with, say, the traditional yellow box Rider Waite Smith deck that everyone would know if they walked into a metaphysical shop or even into a Barnes and Noble bookstore. I only laugh because now I'm picturing a metaphysical shop, which is not an actual shop. It's only metaphysical. I, I, that that's the set that's Can, used in Live and Let Die, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Um, so, is there an eight and a half by eleven deck? It's not quite 8.5 by 11. The largest known tarot deck is actually the Giant Rider weight, so it's the exact same yellow box, ah. but much bigger. Uh, and it's, I believe, 10 by about 6. I'd have to go look. But the dimensions are the same, so that sounds about right. I'm just Now I just want to have an 8.5 by 11 tarot deck, just so you can like pull a card, but make sure you don't give yourself a hernia. <laughs> A deck like that you wouldn't want. It would almost have to be virtually paper thin. And at that point, they're going to bend. They don't travel well. You don't think a foot and a half thick tarot deck would be too much? I... Not for teaching. Oh, well. So much much for my dreams. Well. More more than once, they've tried to do a tarot 101 at con, and and unless you've got the means to do, like, a projector onto this, it just does not work well because the cards are not big enough. It doesn't translate. The cards are not big enough. They have done some uh, tarot for storytelling sorts of things at con. Mm -hmm. I've considered trying to teach tarot. I am the teacher of generic tarot 101 in the Twin Cities, Um, and I have debated trying to find a way to take that experience to Convergence as opposed to teaching it at, like, Paganicon. But the, the, the how do you teach forty well, people simultaneously when the biggest my cards are ever going to get is ten inches high? You'd have to use one of the overhead projectors that I've seen at Comic Con, which when you place something down on it, it's picked up and dis- and projected, and that's what you you just you, would have yeah, to be able to, to lay them face up on that when you're doing something. You would either have to do it that way, or you would have to. Uh, there are a couple of transparent tarot's. Mm, that are actually okay. really novel. Um, places that those images they simplify everything down from as complex of an art style as I do love in my Voyager. Emily Harding's Transparent is quite literally their stock card size. 
but they're see-through and they layer on top of each other because they're just the signature icon for mm-hmm. the meaning of that particular yeah. card. Cool. Need to rate new gloom deck. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> boiling it down to be that that style is gloom would be a good game for it. That would be fun. But we have another pour that we should probably get to. We are going to be drinking some Springbank. Some tasty, tasty, tasty Springbank. Well, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's I... older than 15, but younger than 21. So let's yes. see where it falls. Oh, please. Please don't make me a liar. There, there are legends Bank. about Springbank on this show. Oh. So legend the first is that just prior... Well, not just prior. So, so as part of the Scotch Club that the podcast eventually evolves out of, mm. um, the first time I was hosting, the extra expensive bottle I sprung for was a Springbank 15. Oh, I do remember. Which was a 75 to $90 bottle somewhere in there where the, where the minimum for the club was a $40 bottle. So this, this was almost doubling or more than doubling um, the thing. And uh, I thought it would be exciting. And it, it was memorable. And, and started one of the running gangs about scotch and, and, and the usage of scotch that has occasionally cropped up in this show. And that is the, this would be good with ginger ale. Because you did not want to drink this stuff straight. You wanted to hide its flavor in something else. Now, in particular, the reason we like ginger ale is, one, ginger ale and whiskey tend to do well anyway. Particularly single malt whiskey, if, as long as it's not peated. Um, the Springbank Neat had a nose of pine sol and uh, and and uh, lemon pledge, and a flavor to match. Um, mixed in with uh, ginger ale at a four to one ratio would get you messed up, and you barely tasted the fact that it was alcoholic. So if you like alcoholic ginger ale, add Springbank Fifteen. Um, At that sort of price of bottle, I would just put silver wolf in it. Yes, this is true. It would be cheaper. It would be cheaper. Uh, you may taste the silver wolf, but I, 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 I am not sure. Um, but yes, the, this, this, I was disappointed at where I put my extra money. Disappointed. Very, very disappointed. So, uh, Springbank has been uh, very much hit or miss with us. We, we've done other Springbanks on the show. But Perrin, on the other hand, when, when I, he joined the show... When I was in Scotland with my wife, well, at that point, not yet wife, we ended up at a B&B on the Whiskey Trail. And she had a migraine and went up to the room and said, you stay at the B... It was a, upstairs was the, the B... The, the, the bed part. And downstairs was the pub. And it had a mimeographed, single-spaced, double-sided... Scotch list, like you do. And one of the things on there was the Springbank 21. And as it was on the whiskey trail in Scotland a number of years ago, I think it might have been seven pounds as one of the more expensive weed rams. So I tried it, and it was the best scotch I'd ever had. It was absolutely stunning and fabulous and wonderful. Now... Springbank 21 is not normally available in the United States. And I also suspect 
that the Springbank 21 that I had is nothing. It might or might not be like a Springbank 21 you get today because there has been enough time between the two that even though a Springbank 21 was probably a fairly pure 21, 10 years, 15 years later, who knows exactly how conditions. And we'll find out in a couple of months, folks. I know, and I'm so nervous about it, because if it sucks, I'm going to be so horribly, horribly disappointed. I, I, am, I am saving that bottle for a day, for a day where Dave will be here. Yeah. I, oh, I, I God, almost yes. grabbed that one just to thumb our nose at him. <laughs> but then I decided I, I, I'd rather there'd try be a, the, the blend in instead, since he wouldn't fight it so hard. There'd be a horrible drive-by bearding, and we might not survive. Um. So this is the Springbank 17, and uh, we shall see where it lands between ginger ale and oh, the memories. Well, the nose has a little acetone note to it, but it's not like the primary note that I'm getting. Yeah, um, it's hard. I'm having trouble identifying what I'm enjoying it, but it's... I fear I'm fighting a head cold myself right now, so I'm I'm not getting as much as I'd like. Cherry? Some sort of red fruit. Yeah. But a very bright cherry. Mm -hmm. Um... Maybe a, a cedar? More sandalwood to me. I, I, I'm quite willing to say that I'm getting the wood wrong. I'm just getting... It's some sort of fragrant wood, yeah. Yeah. And it could be, like, even pine sap. I Well, that, that's sort of my... What's going to be my opening joke. I, I get pine, not pine salt, although right. that acetone is in there. But it's... It keeps morphing around. The, yeah. the more I nose it, and I, I did a reset, and that's where I got the sound of it. Now, now I'm getting the pine. Almost ginny. Ooh. But not gin. Yeah, you see, you say that, now it's... Now it's Juniper? It's not quite all the way there. <laughs> it's more spruce. But... Yeah, it just it keeps moving around. Some sort of conifer. Ooh. I'm going to stick with pine. And there's some smoke under it, too. You stay with it long enough. That's a long finish. That's an interesting palette. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, Wood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was licking a popsicle stick. Now you do. I'd rather be licking a popsicle stick. Mm. The, this this was a more flavorful wood than than the the balsa ness yeah, that I got off of a standard popsicle stick. I'll be damned though if I can clearly identify what I'm getting in the mouth. Um, in the body. It tastes red. And then moves into wood. Like, 
wood chips wood. And then, like, every man I've ever met takes forever to finish and rolls over and goes to sleep, unfortunately. Not how I pictured this, but to each their own. Um, Listen, I interpret art for a living. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if it's because of your... Yeah, the cherry is actually coming back. There's there is an alcohol kick in there, but it's not it's not a burn. It's just oh yeah, hey I'm I'm there. Um, Almost a cinnamon cherry. Yeah. Uh, um, like if you had a hot tamale that was instead of like a, a cherry flavored hot tamale wrapped in a neat little pine box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you alternated one lick of that, one lick of pine. One lick of that. This is like the world's worst lickamade joke. This is terrible. <laughs> um, I actually am kind of digging it. It's different enough that I'm not like it has some detractions. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't, but it's it's an interesting. It's a very different. It's a little too burny for me. It, um, it, it's, it lingers, I can see that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the alcohol, like, I'm not getting a numbness, but I'm, I'm getting a tingle. I see, and I, I'm getting that same burn in the inhale over it because of the long finish. Oh, and when I do that, now I'm getting cherry cough medicine. Yeah, like, it, it just, it tastes like... I just had some Robitussin. Um, that, that, that's, that's what the long finish... Is to me because okay. I just had some Robitussin. Well, I am going to see how this goes wet. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping the burningness drops because that would help me a lot. Okay, the, the, the cinnamonness is hitting me pretty heavy in the nose now. I'm going to reset. Yep. Agreed, but I'm now picking up that, that same cough medicine. I'm going to reset it to see if that helps, but I'm picking up that same sort of cough medicine oak. in the nose now. I'm also now getting a, so- a solid oak back there. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, it's an oak liquor stick dipped in cinnamon. Well, that that's some face. That's some taste. I'm 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 worried about this now. I didn't. It wasn't horrible. It was just. Well, well. Hi. I'm coming to visit. I think I'd rather do the cinnamon challenge. <laughs> That's, that's some pretty fucked up cinnamon. Um, there's some sort of... Un, un, there's another underlying spice. Uh-huh. Hmm. Into allspice, maybe? I get clean. It, 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 it's something that I would associate with, like... Pumpkin spice. It's an, it's an autumnal thing for sure. Cloves. Cloves. 
the the finish is not that pleasant. So we found the goth scotch. <laughs> now I'm going to try it a little wetter and see. Tell us how you really feel. Well, as, as someone who used to smoke Vigarums on a regular basis... Uh, ah, that's where we're going. Okay. This does rather remind me of the specials that had that honey cinnamon That honey cinnamon yeah. Along with the clove. Yep. That red, that red label black. Mm-hmm. Well, I added a little more water. The cinnamon is now stepping out of the glass and, and headbutting you. Yep. Um, Ooh. Yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> Hello, I am the cinnamon. I will be staying with you for a while. I hope you enjoy it. Not that I care. <laughs> but I'm now your best friend. You, th- you thought you avoided the schnapps. <laughs> I trick you. Uh, that is, it's like drinking some cinnamon schnapps. Uh, especially making it wetter, a lot of a lot of what I liked about it being neat is completely overpowered by mm-hmm. by a burn and by cinnamon. Wow! Note to self: I have never had a scotch that's this cinnamony. Note to self: Make Johnny jump up with this. Mm. That could be dangerous. I have a Red's Apple Ale in the fridge right now. Oh, my. Oh, my. And this is, um... Oh, yeah, well, that's 52.3. So, it, it ex- that explains a bit. Part of me wishes I had enough left. I could have gone even wetter. But I yeah, I'm, I think I, the direction I'll is... I'll take that for the team. <laughs> Try this a third time and see if it gets. Oh, we didn't even bother doing this with the Johnny Walker. I'd say that this is a um, darker, kind of reddish. It's got a red label, so I'm having a little trouble judging. But it's it's an amber, amber color. Yeah, it's still mostly cinnamon. Although surprisingly wetter yet. I actually get that cherry back, mm. and that balances that back out. But it's it also kicks that allspice. This is now at fairly wet. This is now a almost a cherry cinnamon muffin sort of a mm. yeah. But that's quite wet before we got there. Which speaks well to your Johnny Jump Up. I did not mention it before, but this is a sherry wood. Hmm. Well, I guess that would explain the red fruitness to it, but mm-hmm. not the cinnamon. It would also explain some of why we're having, why we went through so many conifers. Mm-hmm. Springbank single malt whiskey is free of artificial coloring. It is also not chill filtered. This will cause a slight natural haze to form when it is cold. But this will disappear when the temperature returns to normal. Cast type. Fresh and refill sherry butts and hogsheads. 
Distilled April 1997, bottled January 2015. Outturned 9,120 bottles. Dun, dun, dun. And that's all you get. Uh-huh. Springbank is not a big one for tasting notes. Nope, not at all. However, it is big on having the word Springbank repeated ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Now, I would not normally do this, but I have to see if I go online and I'm going to see what Springbank 17 notes because I just want to see if they're like Yep, this will kill you with cinnamon. Um, it has an interesting balance that is somewhat atypical for a spring bank. Um, mm-hmm. Spring bank is laid back and pleasantly industrial. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Trent Reznor's favorite cinema. I know. What the fuck does that mean? Um, Contrary to what what one might expect, judging by the name, this Springer is not a sherry bomb. Sherry bomb. Uh, I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, well. Um, Showing your age, Perry. Yeah. Wow. This, they they spun the wheel of tasting notes. Uh oh. Wheel of Tasty Notes, turn, turn, turn. Tell me all the notes that I should learn. Anise, black licorice, dried grass, orange peel, forest loam in a coniferous forest. (laughs) Carnivorous forest, along with some pine needles. Whisper of peat smoke, fig bars, a distinctly dry sherry that is quite subtle. And lastly, the eau de toilette of a race markers. Not in a bad way. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I call for Yorkery. <laughs> and that's and that's just the nose. <laughs> I think perhaps Baron, you have phoned the wrong front. <laughs> what <laughs> on the the odor fallout of a race markers, but not, not in, in a, a bad, bad way. way. I swear to God that's what it says. Ah, here's the palate. Here's the creaminess I've been hearing about. Yes, it comes through nicely as a swirling cream sherry note. Oak tannins that knock somewhat bitterly upon one's doors of perception. I'm sorry, I must go open my doors of perception. Someone is knocking. Um, I might even go so far as to describe this wood presence as a brambly... Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, well, you know, you're paid... By the word, apparently. A bit of of irrigation brings out honeycomb flax and a soggy milk-laden porridge note, along with the more more quintessential Springbank distillery character. Yeah, no. Uh, Uh, Pork dorkery all up in this place. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, I am going to say disappointed, but not 
appalled. I expect more from a 17. Um, the cinnamon, which at no point was apparently mentioned in the notes I read, um, was kind of overwhelming and, and knocked everything else to the wayside. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.7. It wasn't horrible. I would drink it again. I'm not going to go buy it. Um, if I had it, I would happily put it in a, in a flask and take it to share it with other people to see what they thought. And, and not feel like I'm, you know, <laughs> have some pendering. <laughs> Which was what Dave intended to do at con with the bottle that he had. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think you're being generous. I think you're using that, that nostalgia of what a springbank is supposed to... No. No, nothing... Nothing that gets worse every time I try to make it better is going to do better for me. I, it's, it's not pine salt, but it's not well, pine wood. Well, there's... Maybe a... that dry erase marker's in the bad way. <laughs> As a gop scotch, I will give it that, but do scotch is not what I'm going to expect. Uh, maybe that's why Springbank is all over the bottle and <laughs> the box and everywhere else. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't drink it again. I two tops, and that's being generous to that initial that initial nose and the intrigue of trying to chase those flavors around. Um. Well, first and foremost, as much as it was kind of a, oh, God, uh, I might actually suggest keeping this neat um, of, of everything that was in there. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if the water really helped it, um, even the extra water, bringing it down. Uh, I, I, I do fully intend to test this with some cider, be it alcoholic or non, um, because I, I think this could go really well either way. I, I will look forward to hearing yeah, what you How find? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it's, it's like making apple pie without having to have the Everclear. Um, <laughs> by itself, uh, it's it's certainly not the best thing ever. However, uh, it, it it's not disgusting. Uh, it's not something I would seek out. A uh, little, little too much cinnamon for my blood, um, but I I don't think I can give it worse than a two six. So. We're also a bit jaded. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing... There is no wrong score. We've had some where there's been, what, uh, a point? We, in, we've had oh, we, we've had as much as a point and a half difference between people uh, suggesting scores. Oh, things. I'm in no way worried. No, no I'm... But I, that is... That is distinctly not something that... Not your bag? It, you know, and, and that's fine. I am absolutely certain, particularly, I mean, we literally picked for the episode a wine blend and a sherry wood. These are beverages on their own I enjoy, and so my mm-hmm. expectations are actually quite high yeah. for mm-hmm. them being what they are. And they both just fall short of what they are advertising, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, 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 give, I give the 2-6 because it's interesting, not because... Mm-hmm. It's a 2-6, I'm going to seek it out. Yeah. 
two six. And that's, which, that's fair. I I mean, what saves it for me is really chasing it, chasing it around in the nose when it's neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point of pimpage, and it being the first of August, uh, Minnesota Fringe is hey, upon us. Hey, baby, what you got? Well, fearless and fearless adjacent stuff is what I got. So I'm I'm gonna read off uh, a complete list of, uh, or at least the complete list that is listed on our Facebook page uh, of, of what's going on when. So, Thursday, August 2nd, we've got a family-friendly Pulp Fiction, not actually family-friendly, at 5.30 at the Theater in the Round, Fringe Orphans 4, Back in the Habit, uh, at 8.30 at Theater in the Round, and What to Do in Case of Dinosaur Attack with former guest of the show Matt Kesson uh, on uh, the 2nd at 10 o'clock at Mixed Blood Theater. On Friday the 3rd, we have Remy Raygun of the Space Brigade builds your own space opera at the Augsburg main stage at 5.30. And next, the musical, a sidekick story at 8.30 at Augsburg Studio. Remy Raygun returns on August 4th at 2.30 p.m. Deep in the Hundred Acre Wood, a Poodunit mystery. August 4th, 7 p.m. at the Minsky Theater. The Complete Works of William Shatner Abridged, the 4th at 7 p.m. Mixed Blood, and What to Do in Case of Dinosaur Attack again uh, on the 10th, or on, on, at, at 10 o'clock on the 4th. Sunday the 5th, Deep in the Hundred Acre Woods at 1. Next at uh, 2.30 at the Augsburg Studio. Uh, Family Friendly Pulp Fiction at Theater in the Round, 5.30. And Fringe Orphans 4 again, 7 p.m. Theater in the Round. The 6th, Fringe Orphans 4 at 5.30, Remy Raygun at 7, and the complete works of William Shatner abridged uh, at 8.30. Tuesday the 7th, next at 5.30, complete works of William Shatner, 5.30, what to do in case of dinosaur attack, 10 p.m. Wednesday the 8th, Family Friendly Pulp Fiction at 7. Thursday the 9th, uh, complete works of Shatner at 5.30, Deep in Hundred Acre Wood at 8.30, Remy Raygun at 8.30. The 10th, Dinosaur Attack at 5.30, Next at 7, Fringe Orphans at 8.30, Family Friendly Pulp Fiction at 10. On the 11th, Hundred Acre Wood is at 1, Dinosaur Attack is at 8.30, Fringe Orphans is at 10, Remy Raygun is at 10. And Sunday, the last day, Next is at 1 o'clock, William Shatner is at 2.30, Pulp Fiction is at 4, and Deep in the Hundred Acre Wood at 5.30. My schedule is built. I will be seeing a show in every slot again this year because I hate myself um, and enjoy going to the Fringe and and making good use of my Ultra Pass. um, I'm hoping myself to to take my daughter to something. Don't know how that will work, but I'm hoping. Not any of those. Yeah, not, no, not, not because I think ill of them, yeah. but because I don't think any of them are no, there's, six-year-old there's, friendly. There's some, there's some great family-friendly fringe. I'm planning on seeing Fruit Flies Like a Banana again. Um, I'm planning on seeing... Um, oh, what is the other thing that, that is doing family-friendly... There's a, there's a whole... Uh, yeah, there, 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 there's a whole mini... Thing. So, so fringe is usually... A, a non-juried festival. It, it's completely not curated. It's random ping-pong ball draw. Mm-hmm. Family Fringe this year, however, is a juried festival. It is it is specifically chosen events uh, by known producers that are 
suitable for all ages. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to I, that. That will be taking place uh, near Camp Wonderland, um, and so I will be checking uh, that out. That that is going to be the that is fringe. Friend, uh, family Fringe Central is Can Can Wonderland, uh, where normally Fringe Central is at the Red Stack. So um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good times. I'm looking forward to to seeing lots of things and seeing all my theater folks out and about. Um, so yeah, do you have anything coming up in the next month that you would like to talk about? Uh, I do a couple of things. Uh, I am part of the Conspiracy of Strange Girls, uh, who are having a market at the Twin Cities Distillery noon to 8th on the 11th, and I myself will be out at the August Prior Fair Market in the same space as Can Can Wonderland, we're actually in, in Blackstack Brewery, uh, reading tarot and selling some of the curiosities and things that hopefully I can get uh, to explain on a different show uh, for some of the maker stuff that I do in addition to the tarot reading, but I will be there reading tarot, uh, and that is... Most of the day, I believe it's 10 to 7, but details are pending on Saturday the 25th. Cool. Cool. And I have nothing to flog as my life revolves around others. Yay, others! <laughs> so, we should close out this show so we can get on to the next one in, you know, two weeks from now. Uh, but we gotta get going, because it, it's getting late. Yeah. By the way... We have a tradition here oh. of ambushing our guests. And standing. I love being ambushed by strange men in small houses. With cats. Well, you, know, you know where all the bolt holes here are. I absolutely <laughs> You do, built some of them. And yet I am sitting in a corner. It's fine. Xerxes well, whose me. fault is that? Well, mostly mine. Yeah. So, the ambush is... We have a toast at the end of the show. Ah. And we look to our guests if they have a toast. If they don't, we will we will still make do. But we look to our guests to see if there's a toast you would like to toast us out to. Use my very favorite, given the nature of what I do. To every day above ground for yourselves and those you love. To every day underground for those you've lost. Here, here. <laughs>